Welcome to CBI's Entertainment Rundown with Chris Brown and Mikey Nichols Tate. Welcome <laughs> back to the Cross Border Interview Podcast. It is our very first season three Entertainment Rundown with our entertainment reporter, our pundit, our man in the sky, our man in the, the States, Mr. I'm going to pronounce, oh, crap, I forgot. I asked. Michael Nichols Pate. Did I get it right? You did. Yes. That, yes. yes. That deserves a RuPaul Vogue. Okay, well, we can talk about RuPaul as well if you want, because I have not been tuning in. And it the episode will be airing the day after the next episode drops. So um, we have a lot to cover. We have not been we have not talked entertainment on the show since June of 2021. It's been a long two and a half months of no entertainment. It seems to be one of the most popular segments on the show. So we thought, why not make it a regular, regular standing monthly show? The last Friday of every month, we will be talking about the biggest entertainment news stories here in uh, North America, but also sometimes around the world. And I also want to say, we will be also talking about award shows uh we'll have our entertainment uh emmy night uh recap we'll have our oscar night we'll have our tonys and we will have a lot to digest over the next few months and michael has graciously accepted the role of coming on the show every month at the end of the month and all the award shows so i'm happy thank you so much for doing this this is the most long-winded introduction i've ever done for for real michael thank you so much for doing this Absolutely. I have my teacup ready. I'm ready to spill some tea. I, I, got, I got my Mysterio water cup. <laughs> um, I just want to, is the Tonys even happening still? I feel like we're never going to find out if Aaron Tveit, the only nominated, is actually going to win the award or not. Um, at this point in time, if they don't hold it in the next two months, I think they have to throw up their hands and say, hey, enough's enough. We're just moving forward with 20. Yep. 21 2022 season because at this point in time broadway is back on right um i remember stephen colbert sort of making a joke about it on his nightly show this was not planned in the rundown of what we're going to be talking about guys (laughs) exactly this is the great thing about the show but I think the I think Broadway's slowly getting back up and running. September Labor Day weekend was when I heard a lot of shows were coming back. Maybe they've done it sooner. Maybe that gets paused because of Miss Delta work. I don't know. But uh, we don't. Who knows? It's a journey. We're all going on it. Then the Broadway community. Um, some of us are losing our jobs in the Broadway community, but that's none of my business. Mm, sipping the tea good for you um i I should also mention that uh we are now no longer talking to michael in california Uh, over the summer he did move he is now closer to broadway he is in upstate new york i'm hopefully okay with saying that out loud but i'm not saying what city what town and all that but he is in new york now so we now have our like we could literally have you report live from outside broadway if we have to you sure could. I mean, there'd be a lot of people and Times Square is a nightmare. I'd probably want to punch somebody in the face. But hey, who knows? <laughs> it's an well, adventure. Who ha- who had it on their calendar five minutes into the show and we've already threatened someone with violence? Good times. Good times. It's a journey. <laughs> I'm a New Yorker. We do that. 
It's certain. Well, exactly. Um, I want to, I want to talk about the elephant in the room. One of the biggest things that has happened over the last few months since we last talked was movie theaters began opening up here in Canada, in the States. I'm not sure how that was. Uh, yeah. They did start opening up in over the summer. So this has seen a change of how studios are releasing movies. Uh, it has changed the way movies are being released but it has changed the way that people are going to the movies as well. I'm going to start off. I'm going to say that I never went to a movie over the summer. I am still hunkered down in my basement and doing the movies via live streaming. What about yourself? Have you had the chance to go to the movie theater over the last few months? I was so close to like breaking down and going and seeing escape room too because I love the first one. And I now, I know what y'all are thinking. Really, that movie, in the theaters, it was so cool to see. It was like one of those, it was one of those things I went in going, this is going to be awful and I'm going to enjoy every minute of how awful it is. It was kind of good. So I wanted to see the second one. I love the cast for the second one. Um, India Moore specifically being in it and um, the gal they cast in the new Gossip Girl reboots in it. I just, I love the entirety of it. Um, so I wanted to see that in theaters because I feel like that's one of those movies you kind of have to see in theaters to really enjoy it. Um, but I, alas, did not make it because I was mid-move from one side of the country to the other and it's no longer there. So my heart is broken, but I'll have to find a B-run movie theater maybe that's playing it. Who knows? Um, for those who uh, are unsure about what escape room is, I, I just want to clarify and I just want to make mm. sure I, I understand it. It is basically the big craze that happened a few years ago of people getting uh, put into a room and trying to escape, trying to quote unquote escape. Uh, but what the Hollywood did was they made it into a movie and they made it into a horror film, correct? Yes, it was a little bit like Saw without the gore. Which was yeah. good. I don't like Saw for how gory it is. I like that kind of like puzzles and like race against the clock and ooh, 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 what's the mystery? But like, I, I like the mystery. I like to be, you know, get my Mariska Hargitay hat on and like solve it. Um, but yeah, I, it, there's, I can't do the gore. So this was perfect. And from what I understand, the second one was hey, these are all the people who survived the first one and they are they think they're escaped, but now they get locked into another escape room by the person who is doing it, correct? Uh, and I'm mixture. just going by the trailer. Mixture. So okay. it's, it's people who have survived multiple versions. Mm -hmm. So this is a, you find out, spoiler, spoiler for anyone who is really, you may want to cover your ears for half of a second. Um, in the first one, you've, it ends and you find out that uh, this is something they do every year with different themes. Um, so the theme of this year, I'm not going to say that one you can go watch and see, but each of them has a theme. And so this is the winners of each of the themed rooms or each of the themed escape rooms from over the few years now tracked together. <laughs> Bum, bum, bum. But it, it was a uh, relatively, uh, um, I think it was well received. I don't know the exact numbers. I did not look it up because I did not know you were going to talk about it. So I didn't have these numbers right, ready for me. But uh, movie theaters saw an influx of people coming yeah. back. It wasn't oh, yeah. it wasn't the norm, the quote unquote normal that we were traditionally known to see before pandemic, before March of 2020. But people did start heading back to the movie theater. Um, 
one area I want to talk about before we get off this whole uh, movie theater and we get back onto what other movies we saw is this year movie uh, movie companies, the actual production companies, decided that they wanted to split it. I'm talking about Disney here, and we're going to jump into a conversation that I was going to wait for later, but we're going to talk about it right now. We can talk um, about it whenever. Exactly, because that's the great thing about my show. My show, I, I set the rules. Um, Disney, earlier this year, had been pushing back all of its movies, pushing back its movies, and it finally had a release date for Black Widow, when one of the, uh, Marvel's biggest movies, female, first female, well, second female-led movie uh uh, to be released in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And it finally came to a time where I think Disney had to say, okay, we're just going to put it out there. We're going to have it in theaters, but we're also going to put it in Disney streaming and you're going to be able to buy it for $30 or rent it for $30 or however it works. This had pissed off the stars, Scarlett Johansson, because in her contract, Scar Jo, uh, in her contract, part of the money that she would make from the movie was the movie sales. So if the movie sales in in theaters did well, she would make more money. When they released it via Disney Plus, she got upset because this would take away from some of her money that she was entitled to. And Disney said, well, I'm sorry, but this is the new world order. We are now in a pandemic. And you should have thought of this when you were filming it two years prior to the pandemic. I'm sorry, but it is what it is. Um, We have seen star after star come out and support. The one that I want to mention right now is Elizabeth Olsen, Scarlet Witch from uh, uh, WandaVision and also from the also uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. What is your opinion on this? Do actors need to smarten up and say, you know what? We are living in a pandemic. Movies are not going to be released solely in movie theaters anymore. Well, oh, oh, we got the tea. I'm getting I'm, yeah. I'm ready. Let's go. First of all, I find it so funny that Disney is caring about we're in a pandemic. How could you even think <laughs> that when they've had Disney World open since June of 2020? And I, well. I think, yeah, I think what, uh, you can't really use the pandemic to it, suit your needs whenever you want. And I think Disney's kind of doing that here. Like, well, we have, we're fine. We're safe at Disney World. But Scarlet, we're in a pandemic. People can't go, go to the movie theater. Like, I think we are in a new world order. I do think you're going to see a lot more movies do a split release. I think what they're and we'll get to it when we talk about Shang-Chi, but you're, I think, going to start to see things shift towards that. We're going to start in theaters and then we're going to have it on streaming platforms because I'm going to be honest, the streaming platform thing was super convenient to me. And it was super convenient to a lot of other people. I think if you want to do like the movie theater release, because especially for like Oscars and other award shows, that's something you do have to have. But in terms of just in general for the general audience, we all kind of really love the watch it at home. Granted, like I said earlier, Escape Room 2 should have been seen in a bigger screen to really enjoy it. And I do think there's some movies that, like uh, Wonder Woman 1984, if I had seen that on a bigger screen, I think I would have liked that more because it's just something about like the big action scenes and the explosions and the IMAX with the surround sound. I don't get that from my little itty bitty television in my uh, house. (laughs) So I think that, it is the new world order. I think Scarlett Johansson's 
uh, number of I've lost $50 million is a bit exaggerated. Um, I don't think that that many people would have gone to the actual theater to see it altogether. I wasn't planning on, I I was going to wait till it was on streaming anyways, as I've been doing with a lot of the Disney movies. Um, So I think, I think she's, I think I understand where she's, I I understand where she's coming from. I I completely get it. She was expecting a paycheck because the Marvel movies do make a shitload of money. This hasn't, this was the very first Marvel movie cut to come out during the pandemic. You knew it wasn't going to be the best well-received because people are still, apprehensive of going back into small crowds. Yes, Disney World has been open the entire time in Florida, but that's Florida. Let's be honest, Florida is its own unique entity. Yes, I'm sipping my tea right now. Well, there were people that traveled from all over the world in the middle of the summer of 2020 that went, and so... Exactly, but that's Florida, right? Disneyland was closed down. California was closed down because they they saw the writing on the wall. Ron DeSantis, we're getting into politics. I'm not talking politics. We're not doing politics. Oh, no. Ah! (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, But I want to talk about this because you mentioned that uh, movies being released and then they're putting on the streaming service. A lot of the movie companies now are saying we're shortening the window that movies are in theaters. We're no longer doing the 90 days and then oh. moving it to DVD. We're doing 45 days. And after that 45 days, it's moving to the streaming service because we are now, like you said, it is convenient for people. And we have learned this in the last 18 months that people are willing to just sit down at their home. They don't have to go to the movie theaters. I, I expect movie theaters. You will probably see them go the way of Blockbuster. People yeah. don't like, okay, great that you want to see them on a big screen, but TVs are cheap now. You can buy a big surround sound and a big TV for a thousand bucks. And if you're going to buy all these streaming services, yep. you might as well get some use out of them. So people would rather, oh, I'm going to, I can either go see this movie or I can just buy this streaming service. And after a while, it'll be on there. Yeah. They can save so much money putting it directly to their streaming service. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, over the last few months, there have been also other movies because usually it's the summer blockbusters that yeah. do come out. This was a very weird year because there was only one or two movies that I wanted to see. And I'm usually one of those people that want to see a lot of movies. But uh, starting with you, was there movies that piqued your interest and what were they? So I watched a lot of movies in this pandemic. I'm not going to lie, especially this summer. Um I, in terms of ones that I saw that I enjoyed, I really liked The Conjuring 3. Uh, <sighs> I'm, I'm, I'm a diehard Conjuring fan. I, I cannot be swayed. It was not the best in the series. It definitely was more, they've kind of hit their groove and they've realized if we want a cinematic universe, we have to do what Marvel did and have a big bad villain to fight. And so this was basically setting up who their big bad villain was, which was this cult of the Ram or something like that. Yeah. Overall, it wasn't scary, which was kind of disappointing because that's kind of why I wanted to watch it. But overall, it was it was a fun movie. Um, I also did get to see I, I watched Jumbo- it. 
I watched oh, it. I did. I did watch it because my husband is a massive uh, horror film and he believes in all this stuff. And I sat down and I watched it because he watched one of my movies with me. So I can say it was not a bad movie. I did not no. like the acting in the, the male lead. I don't know who he is, but uh, I know I, I got the if for those who are listening on audio. I just got the mouth drop from Michael. I, I Patrick did not, Wilson. I didn't like his acting. He did Owen not, Wilson's brother. I'm pretty sure that's Owen Wilson's brother. I might no, just have opened my mouth and fucked that up. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry for cursing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I think they've come to realize you're going to curse. But at yeah. the end of the day, I did not like his acting. I didn't like uh, the the main bad guys acting as well. I was right. It was Patrick Wilson. There you go. Congratulations. You swore for no reason. <laughs> uh, well, there's but always a reason. I was I, I was very much tuned out of the acting. The acting assault did not sell it for me. The one act, the one, uh, the uh, the person who I did like was the Vera. No. Uh, the other gentleman, the one that lived by, I forget his name, the one that lived by the river. Oh, the priest. Yes, the priest. There you go. I liked him because I like him to begin with. So I, I, I give it about a five out of 10. I wouldn't say I loved it, but I wouldn't say I'd ever watch it again either. It's definitely one that I will watch when I do a Conjuring watch through, but it's not one of those that I'm going to reach for. Of like, which scary movie do I want to watch that I've seen that I know will still get me? Yeah. I'm not going to reach for Conjuring 3. I'm going to be real. I'll reach for Annabelle Creation or Annabelle Comes Home or the Conjuring 2. That nun is terrifying, but I'm not going to reach for this one, which is okay. It also was the very first movie in the entire franchise that did not feature the nun or Annabelle. But it did. Did it feature Annabelle? She was in it. She wasn't active, but she was in it. Oh, no, I'm saying it's an active, scary moment. Oh, yeah, no, but she was in it because that's how it was tying it all together, right? Um, but I, I want to continue on with some of the other movies that were released this summer, and I want to get your opinion on them. I, I'm going to do this because I know how much we love this actor. We love this nighttime talk show host. Peter Rabbit 2, The Runaway. Didn't see it. <laughs> okay. Um, and then Fast 9, the ninth installment of the Fast and the Furious movies, which is second highest grossing movie of all time in 2021. They need to stop making Fast and the Furious movies. One more and then they're done. They're going to 10, they said. I pfft, Bullshit. Uh, the one I was surprised that I actually did like was the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard with Samuel L. Jackson, Ryan Reynolds, and Selma Hayek. Uh, Selma. I, I, did you see it? I watched the last 20 minutes of it. I came home the other night and my husband was watching it. Whoa. So I know how it ends. I don't know how we get there, but I know how it ends. <laughs> there you go. What a ride. What a ride is right. I'm just looking through the list of uh, movies that came out in June because we have not talked since June on the show. So oh, geez, just, Louise. That's why I'm just making sure. And then let's talk about July. Um, we talked Wait. about Black. Oh, go ahead. Cruella. She was May. She was late May. Yeah, let's not talk about that movie. I loved that movie. It was camp. It was fashion. One it out was, of ten. One out of ten. Okay. Um, clearly not everyone else thought so because she's getting a sequel. Yeah, and she shouldn't because uh, Glenn Close was a lot better in every other movie that she does. So, yeah. I enjoyed it. 
Emma Thompson is great brilliant. actress, brilliant. but brilliant. she just doesn't do well in that movie. <gasps> oh, I like that. Sure. For those who want to send me emails, please do, because I love your feedback. I always do. Uh, you can send it to crossborderphotography.gmail.com. Or you can go to crossboarderinterviews.ca and you can go to the contact form and you can fill it out and I will file it away. Great plug. I try, okay. Uh, as a horror fan, did you see uh, Fear Street Part 1, 1984? I, okay, totally late to the game, as was said at the beginning of this. I was moving across the country. Mm-hmm. Um, just watched it last week, Part 1, 2, and 3. I have a lot of thoughts on these three movies. Let's do it. Let's talk okay. about it because I've not seen it. I've heard good things about it, but I've not because I'm one of those people that I will wait a few months before I see a movie that everyone's raving about because it's going to be crappy in my opinion. But your opinion, what is it? Wow. <laughs> um, so the first one was... Uh, 1994. Yeah, 1994. I absolutely loved the cast. I think... The kids were brilliant. Um, I think the story was, it was, it's almost in the same vein as Scream. You have to look at it kind of like this is satirizing horror and the slasher genre to propel it forward in a new direction. So it took, it took the playbook of Scream and Halloween for the first film. So part one, you get that. And um, like in the first, you get like the Drew Barrymore moment from Scream in like the first 10 minutes, which is great, which I love to see. And it really sets the tone that they're just going to kill anybody off. And they really stick with that. Um, So you go in, you go, okay, I recognize a lot of this iconography from Scream, from Halloween. And then part two, which was 1977? 1977-78. 1977-78. Jesus. So then it cuts to 1978, but it's still kind of mixed in with the story of 1994. And you see what happened at this camp night wing. um, And it has very much that same vein of Friday the 13th. Um, So you see a lot of the iconography for that and a lot of the like references pulled directly from that. I think the second one was the best one in the entirety of the three. I think the first one was great. The second one was awesome. And then the third one, 1966, no, 1666, 1666. Sorry. Yep. Um, I knew there was one that was like thousands of years, not thousands, hundreds of years later. (laughs) And then it like homegirl like goes and like touches a bone and like gets transported back. So this cast that you've watched get killed off over two movies is now playing people in the past and it's it's a little jumbled it's very much like they were trying to take like those older like witch movies like the village or blair witch or the the witch that's on netflix like they tried to take that vein and it just i think it failed because they did it for like half of a minute and then they jumped to and then so the first half of that movie is 1666, and you find out what happened to the witch, Sarah Freer, Fryer. Spoiler then, alerts. Spoiler alerts for those well, who you, have not seen it. You would. Wow. I mean, they say it. They say it from the first minute that she died that year. So you're obviously knowing that it's going to tell you the story. I have not seen the first two. Maybe she's in the first two. I don't know these things. 
Anyways. <laughs> so I got to ask, I got to ask sure. the question. Fear Street, is it based on the R.L. Stein book? Yes. Okay, that's what I was trying to figure out if they were or not, and I didn't want to watch them because it's like, okay, I remember reading those, and I don't want to screw it up, so that's why I was hesitant to watch it. I would say watch the first two and then sit in your room and cry that they didn't have enough money to make the third one. Because the third one was nothing to write home. I just felt like the first two were so strong, and then the third one almost felt like they had, okay, you got a trilogy and they wanted four movies. Cause then all of a sudden an hour into it, it cuts back to the main story for 1994 part two and like finishes it. And then it becomes like an Avengers type movie. Wow. Wow. Ruining the whole thing now. Now I'm not going to watch it now. I give it a one out of 10. That's right. I mean, I would give, I would say, no, I said, watch the first two and then pretend the third one doesn't exist. One out of 10, one out of 10 for across the board. You've just ruined it for me. There you go. For those who are listening and watching who have not seen the movie, please send your mail to Michael Nichols Spate and he can be linked in the show notes. So please do that. Greatly appreciate it. I mean, it's not really any spoil because I'm so crazy about spoilers. I've given nothing away. I'm just saying they have that like you say Avengers a witch moment. a witch dies. I, I I didn't know that was gonna happen. Now I know that that's gonna happen. You say that it's Avengers thing, so I'm assuming that Chris Evans is gonna show up with the Captain America. Like sadly, <laughs> no, that would make it better. Um, <laughs> no, it, it's like it's like the witch dying like in Hocus Pocus, like the witches die. No, they don't because they come back for the second one, which we're going to be talking about here soon, but it's okay. Yeah, sip your tea. The next movie I want to talk about is Space Jam Legacy, or is that what it's called? A New Legacy, sorry. With LeBron James, I have not seen this movie because I, I like the first one and I refuse to see something that does not have Michael Jordan in it. So did you see this movie? So this is where I'm going to get crucified. Not for spoiling Fear Street. I've never seen the first Space Jam ever. So I did not watch the sequel. I've heard it was all right. I didn't hear anything spectacular about it. Okay. Uh, doesn't seem like there's much in July because usually there isn't because of the whole, like, you know, schools out and people want to do things. Uh, let's jump into August. Uh, the first one I want to talk about here, which we just watched, my husband and I, uh, The Suicide Squad. Oh, yeah. I forgot to put that on my list. I just wow. watched that one, too. We did, too. We watched it last weekend. It was uh, one of those movies that we're like, OK, let's let's see it. Let's see what's going to let's see what the big craze is all about. So we watched it and. James Gunn, director of the Guardian of the Galaxy movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, was fired from the Marvel Cinematic Universe and then the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I'm saying Marvel Cinematic Universe a lot right now. But then they after they fired them, they went, oh, crap, he's going over to D.C. So we got to hire him back, guys. Hire him back. Screw whatever he said in the past. But let's hire him back. Um DC hired him to do the Suicide Squad because this uh, because Suicide Squad, the very first movie, was not well received. 
I liked it. I would have given it an eight out of 10 because I enjoy uh, how they portrayed Harley Quinn. I uh, loved how they portrayed uh, Captain Boomerang, Rick Flagg, the whole kit and caboodle. So I was going into this thinking that it was going to be Guardians of the Galaxy meets the Suicide Squad because James Gunn is that type of director and he seems to like to mold things together. But I was pleasantly surprised. I was actually pleasantly surprised at how well he made this movie. And the entire time, and this is no spoilers, don't expect your favorite person to survive because I went into this movie thinking that I knew who was going to survive because you, you, you expect to know who's going to survive and who's not. And I was pleasantly surprised that they were like, nope, whoever you think, we're going to just do whatever we want with them. What's your thoughts? I'm just shocked they got that weasel to sign on. <laughs> you know, Pete Davidson. Oh, wow. wow. No, I, I liked it. It was a, it was gory. It was gorier than the first one. And that's saying something. Well, the that, first that, one was pretty gory. <laughs> James, James Gunn does that, right? He just goes crazy yeah. and goes to town on that type of stuff. I mean, it, it was interesting. I mean, I think Harley Quinn has the most interesting story arc in the entirety of the DC extended universe, specifically going from like the first suicide squad to birds of prey to the second suicide squad. I mean, it's like, nobody knows what to do with her, but Margot Robbie is carrying literally the entire DCEU on her back. Yeah. And I need, I need homegirl to like take a break. She's doing a lot of carrying and she needs to let someone else do it. And it's, and I'm Go not ahead. saying that because it's her fault. I'm saying it's the writers basically now putting everything onto her. Well, DC's always done better at TV shows than Marvel yes. has done. Well, besides the three that I've just recently released with Marvel, uh, Loki, WandaVision, uh, uh, Falcon, and Winter Soldier. But DC has an entity that they're willing to promote, and Margot Robbie seems to enjoy doing these movies. So she's willing yeah. to just sign the contract, get paid and put on the makeup for an hour. And then she's good. Yeah. I mean, she's brilliant in this movie. I think out of all of the um, cast, I was so excited watching her. Um, And there's a very large cast. I also really liked King Shark. And I just wish that I really hope that there is green screen footage of Sylvester Stallone dressed as the shark, like running around. I will agree to that as well because I that really would, that, that would make this whole pandemic worth it. <laughs> like him, like cheering and clapping and running because I mean the shark acts like a toddler, and I just need that green screen footage. Okay, um, last uh, I'm just t- looking through the list right now. Uh, the last one I want to talk about is another Ryan Reynolds movie that had, was supposed to be released earlier this year, but it was just recently released. Uh, Free guy. Free guy with him and I want to Takika Watiki. Taika Waititi. There you go. Um, him and Ryan Reynolds did a movie together over the, so I think two years ago and it finally got released. This was a better version of Ready Player One, which was uh, filmed and directed by Steven Spielberg. Uh, have you seen it? No, it is just movie theaters right now. Yeah. So, and I have not, and also it's not one of those, 
it's not one of those movies that I'm necessarily going to go out of my way to see in a theater. I'll just wait for them to kind of put it on. I, I'm sure I'll enjoy it, but just like with Ready Player One, like it'll be a fun watch. I don't know if I necessarily want to pay the 20 bucks to go see a movie, see it in theaters. It's not one of those that I was like, oh my God, this is something I need. That's true. And I, I'm the same way. I'm looking forward to it. I'm still looking forward to seeing Avatar. I can't wait for that to be coming completely free where I do not have to pay one single dime of electricity or anything to watch that movie. <laughs> Avatar? The blue people or the... Yeah, the blue people. I still oh, haven't seen the it. Second... Oh, you I still, still haven't I've... seen it. I refuse to watch it. I, I gave too much money to James Cameron for Titanic. I do not need to give him more money for her. That was a choice. <laughs> The, the first three times were a choice. The fourth, fifth, and sixth time were my fault. Seventh time was just complete egg ignorance. Well, damn. Hey, Good old 21, JC. 21 hours of my life I want back. I've never seen that. You've never seen Titanic? No, it came out when I was five. I, I'm young. Oh, look at me. Jackass. I mean, for those who are listening who are part of Michael's family, he's a great guy. He's awesome. No, I'm not. They'll tell you I'm an asshole. <laughs> you said it. I didn't. Um, I want to talk about uh, TV shows during the summer as well. Wait, because wait, 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 wait. Movies. We forgot some. What ones did we forget over the summer? Jungle Cruise. I have not seen that. That's why I didn't mention it. Oh, I saw it. I shockingly really liked it. Really? Yeah, I thought it was a lot of fun. I'm not. Okay, this is going to sound very bad. I'm not a Jack Whitehall fan. Is he who directed it? No, he's the gay character in it. Oh, it's like gay light. It's it's Disney. Disney went the farthest they ever went with actually saying a character was gay, but they don't outright say he's gay. Shocker. Shocker. But it's more than we have a gay character in Beauty and the Beast and it's LeFou dancing with a man for 10 seconds at the end. And his secret crush on uh, Gaston. Yeah. Which Um, is ironic because the straight guy plays the gay guy and the gay guy plays the straight guy, but it's okay. And then, um, yeah, The Rock was really good. Emily Blunt's extraordinary. I mean, she is an extraordinary actress. I've always been a fan of hers. I will fight anyone who says that they don't like her, fight. I'll put fisticuffs up. Um, also, I like, oh, how, I like how your fisticuffs are like right near your face. You're like fisticuffs. Well, Let's that's because I'm like the computer and like the microphone. I'm like very boxed in. It's a little claustrophobic at the moment. <laughs> Coming from someone who lives in New York and who's lived in LA. So yeah, nice try claustrophobic, my um, and Anyway, then, what other movies did you watch during the summer that came out? I, those are the only ones I've watched that came out, but I want to see Luca still. I know it's on Disney Plus. Did you get a chance to watch that? Which one? Sorry, I just got a text. Ah, to... oh, yes, we did watch that on Disney. Calamari by your name. How do I say this? I enjoyed it. Okay. But I didn't enjoy it. Fair. I. I it did not remind me of a Disney movie. It had it, it felt more like I was watching a and they probably went this way, but it felt more like they were 
going in the the realm of we're Disney, but we're not Disney. And I enjoyed that because it didn't have the, I'm just trying to think if they actually did have music. And I don't think they did. Right. No. Yeah. And that's what I liked. I was like, okay, it's an actual movie. I can sit down. Watching it with someone of a Latin descent. <laughs> um, it was interesting. <laughs> it uh, pushed the envelope a little bit and of Spanish descent because it was like based in Spanish and Greece and all that. It was in Greece. There was a very big Spanish undertone. Gotcha. Okay. I've not seen it yet. Yeah. It wasn't bad. I would give it about a six (laughs) because it does. You could, I think it's an hour and 45 minutes long, if I'm not mistaken. And you could probably have cut it down to about an hour and 10 because there are parts in that movie that you go, okay, what was that all about? And it's a, it's a Disney movie in the sense that you know what's going to happen. You're like, okay. <laughs> like within two minutes, you're like, okay, X, Y, and Z are all going to happen. And we're all happy about that. So. Yeah. What other movies? Um, I, there's two more that I had put on my list that I've not seen that I want to respect the Aretha Franklin just came out last Friday and it's only in theaters right now. It has Jay HUD and Jay HUD's probably going to win the uh, Oscar for it. I, I've been hearing that it's Jay HUD. It's just Jay HUD singing. And that's what won her the Oscar for dream girls, but they will not give it to her because they've already given, they'll probably give it to somebody else like a Francis McDermott. <laughs> I don't want to talk about this year's Oscars. You know what? I'm done talking about the Oscars moving on. <laughs> or, or for some reason, they'll give it to Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> I, he deserved it. I, he deserved it. <laughs> Anyways, um, and the last one that I'm actually probably going to watch after we finish filming today is a documentary on Netflix, Pray Away, about the gay conversion camps. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. That came out. That's on my list to watch. That I, I'm excited to angrily watch that with my ice cream and yell at my television because it's going to make me mad. But it's I, it's a fascinating documentary that I think is important to watch. So, And that's all I have for movies. Well, it's better than what I did this summer because I, I literally watched like Mighty Ducks 1, 2, and 3 over again. <laughs> so that's Some job. choices were made. Yes, they were. I went on a Disney kick for a while. I watched the three Caballeros. It was fun. no come don't 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 come at me okay don't tweet me don't don't be all that in a bag of potato chips but i made choices this summer okay i was going through radiation i'm going through radiation yeah you sip your tea i want to talk about tv shows now this sure. one's gonna be this one's gonna be quick because we're gonna we're gonna do the recap of the summer and then we'll talk about the uh, new ones that are coming out. Okay. Sure. Okay. So, what TV shows were you watching this summer? And I, I will start with mine. And I think uh, for those who have been listening, uh, realize that I'm a massive nerd and I enjoy Marvel Cinematic Universe. So Loki was one of my top uh, choices for this summer. It was, it was a fun. shockingly great show. I enjoyed it. There's one say, character in particular I loved. The alligator. Oh my god. Crocoki <laughs> or whatever it is. Crocoki. I feel like I want to get a croconut now. 
croaking was good. I will give you that. I think Marvel bet on the wrong horse on this show because they bet that Mrs. Uh, the little uh, clock. I forget her name right now. Time, Miss Time. Oh, I think they thought we were going to love her. Really, we hate a snitch. Yeah, we and then it became Crokey became the number one hit. It is the new Baby Yoda. Uh, Well, nothing can ever replace my Baby Yoda, but Crokey, if he's back, he might. Ooh, Marvel, you heard that. Bring back Crokey for season two and we'll we'll be good, which isn't going to come out for another two and a half years. Which also like season two. I didn't want a season two. I I think you you need you need to. But they're going to wrap it. I mean, apparently, allegedly, allegedly, Loki is in Multiverse of Madness. Yep. So, like, they're going to clearly have to wrap those stories up in Multiverse. No, 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 no. I just want more WandaVision. That's done. I know. I don't like that. You know, we don't need Captain Falcon and the winner, whatever. Boring. FYI, Captain uh, Anthony Mackie, the uh, new Captain America, has his own movie coming out now, Captain Fabulous. America 4, which is great. Season 2 of Captain America and Winter... For those who have not watched it, I apologize, spoilers, but Captain America and Winter Soldier, Season 2 is going to be coming out as well. So They're getting they have, a Season 2? Yeah. And WandaVision gets nothing. WandaVision was a limited series where... Wow, we'll talk about that during the Emmy predictions, okay? Because there's things that would tr- uh, triggered me during those Emmy predictions, Emmy nominations, that I went, "What the hell is that person got nominated for?" But let's just leave that at that. Um, the other one that I watched during the summer, and it might have come out right at the end or right before the summer break, but the Mighty Ducks Game Changer. <laughs> I With will John say- Stamos. No, that's the big, uh, the big game. That was a good freaking move. That was a good, a good TV show. I, I, for Disney Plus fans, please, 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 go to Disney Plus and search John Stamos because you will not be sadly, uh, you will, you will not be upset that I've recommended this show, the the big game or the big whatever the hell it's called. That's how bad I can't even remember it right now. It's about a former uh, college uh, coach who is at the top of game gets suspended. Oh, I love that show. Mm. You got it, dude. Go watch it. But yes, that plus also um, uh, The Mighty Ducks. So those are my two that I watched this summer when it came to new TV shows. Yourself? I totally missed my Full House reference, and I'm very sad now. Oh, I got it. I just ignored it. (laughs) (laughs) I I know when you're trying to bait me, Michael. Okay? So I just go, nope, not even close. I'm so sad. Let's see. I watch a lot of television stuff. I think it's a great way to tell a story. And a lot of times, a lot of these movies should be a TV show with multiple episodes versus an actual movie. Um, I watched the, a lot of the stuff that I watched did this like half split between um, see the season, like half the summer. And then it's coming back later in the fall, just so they can say they have a fall premiere um one of those i watched that i really loved was the new gossip girl reboot that i think i went in going this is gonna be bad and i think the too late i already think it's bad (laughs) no 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 no. the move to hbo max i think was a really good thing because it's allowing them to be a little edgier with stories because it was on the cw it was like 
the fact that she was photographed in her underwear as an adult was like a, the biggest scandal you could do on television. Whereas now it's like, oh, he's sleeping with his teacher. Like, you didn't really get that when Gossip Girl was originally on. And they, I think it's a much, it's an interesting look at like, it's where CW, is it? No, it's on um, HBO Max. They were thinking of putting it on CW, but then they were like, well, we can be edgier on HBO Max um, as evidence of Titans, which also I just came back a month or two, two, three weeks ago, which I started watching. I enjoyed that, Um, which that is season three of the like gritty version of the Teen Titans. I don't know if you watch that one. Do you? I watched the first season. I did not get into it because... I'm used, I like, yet again, I'm a comic book fan, right? So I, I know the Titans from the comic books and I see which route they're trying to go. It just wasn't for me. It's, it's fun. I don't know the comics. I, I enjoy why, it. Why, why are we friends again? Why are we friends? I if you know. Like, seriously. Wow. Wow. Sorry. Um, <laughs> what else? Oh, evil on Paramount Plus. Don't even. (laughs) You don't like it or you do? Okay. Okay. So Paramount Plus. Okay. For those who are listening and get ready, just sip your tea for a bit because I've got to um, express some anger for the next 10 seconds. All right. I'm going to go get another drink because I'm out of tea while you yell. Go for it. Go for it. For those who have not, who have not, have not have not seen evil season one, please, 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 please find it on any streaming service and download it because it is one of the best shows that was on CBS for a very, very, very long time. Now CBS decided to cancel it. They were not doing the weekly broadcast of CBS on CBS. So they canceled evil on CBS and they picked it up on Paramount plus, which at that time would think was like Viacom or whatever the hell it was. The, the first iteration of evil uh, of us, uh, Paramount plus. So they did that. I was excited. I bought the five ninety nine per month Paramount plus to watch it. I was excited to watch it. I was looking forward to seeing season two, season two launched this summer. Paramount Plus has this issue with Canada. We don't like Canada. I tweeted at them during the summer and I said, hey, you have just released episode one. Why can't Canadians watch it? I got nothing back. The star of the show, the female, I forget her name, tweeted back at me and said, hey, Canadian viewers, you will get it on Sunday. I'm like, awesome. This Sunday, so it comes out the week after it airs in America. I'm okay with that. Sunday rolls around. Paramount Plus hasn't updated. Monday rolls around. Hasn't updated. A week goes by, nothing. Two weeks go by, nothing. I'm I'm getting furious because I'm trying to watch this as it comes out. Last week, Paramount Plus removes evil from its catalog in Canada. I am furious, furious that I cannot watch season two of the show. So Paramount Plus, get your act together. Stop jerking us around in Canada and release evil on Paramount Plus. It's not that fucking hard. There's my rant for the day. Thanks for coming to my TED talk. I loved evil. (laughs) 
<laughs> then, well, the second half of the season starts, I guess, just in the U.S. on Sunday. Oh, oh really? Really? Get really? a VPN. Get a VPN. We don't do that. We are fine, upstanding members of society as Canadians. We don't do things like you Americans. I'm a goblin. What can I say? <laughs> I am sorry, but I was pissed. No, definitely. I mean, it's the, the fact that there's some things that air in some areas and not others is kind of problematic. Well, I it's mean, like Ru- RuPaul Drag Race. We yeah. don't get RuPaul's Drag Race on uh, Paramount Plus. You can we get have to, WoW Plus Presents. We can't get that in Canada. You can't get RuPaul's damn thing that he nope. airs all his damn nope. 800 different versions of the damn drag race. Not one. <sighs> Paramount Plus has, like, um, like America is, I know you guys aren't an island, but you guys seem like you're acting like Hawaii. Hey, look at us. We're on a special island. Smarten up, guys. I know for the border crossers and probably, like, FBI who are listening to this, I probably will never be let back into America ever again. But smarten the damn up because I want to watch Evil Season 2. It's not that hard. <laughs> I will say, and this is not a jab, I think the move to Paramount Plus is better for the show. Oh, probably. Because they can curse. They are. They can get a little more graphic than they could on TV, they can. It's not. It's the same level of scary as the first season, which is not scary, but it's. I love, there's moments. I love the antagonist in the show. I love him. I love his character. I love him. I love him as an actor. I plays just, a great villain. Exactly. So I, I I'm pissed off that it's not coming. But anyway, uh, there's my rant. I apologize for that. Evil is great. Please watch it. But at the end of the day, CBS, get it to fucking Canada. <laughs> All righty. So in that vein, I also may or may not have watched High School Musical, the musical, the series. Season okay, two. so look at the time there, everyone. We're heading into the last hour of the show, and I just want to talk about it. You're <laughs> awful. It was everything. I oh. had so much fun watching it. It's not, Listen, it's not one of those shows you watch going, wow. This is a good show. You watch it going, this is fun. Is it? Sometimes you just want to have, sometimes girls just want to have fun. No. Cindy Lauper told us that. No, she told me that I just time after time and I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Is there any other movies, uh, TV shows that you watch before we move into the music genre and then we talk about what's coming up? I mean, what's coming up in terms of, there's a TV show that where you're going to roll your eyes. Okay, but so is this what was happening during the summer? Or is this what's coming up? It's coming up, so we can save okay, it. Okay, so we'll, we'll save and it for then, the coming up section. So my last... Oh, we didn't even get... Oh, my God. Drag Race. Okay, I knew you were going to talk about that. You, Hi, everyone. <laughs> my name is Christopher Brown, and welcome to my second TED, TED Talk of the, uh, the episode. Um... I am sick and tired of drag race. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I appreciate everything that the drag queens do. And he is sipping his uh, pop right now because he is officially tuned out of my speech because he has heard this numerous times over the last month. Time after time after Don't time, get me wrong. time after time. RuPaul All-Stars 5. RuPaul Season 12. RuPaul Thailand. RuPaul 
England season two or UK season two. RuPaul's Down Under season one. RuPaul's nice. All Star six. RuPaul's season two, three of uh, the UK. UK. Ru- RuPaul's season two of Drag Race Canada because it's not actually RuPaul's Drag Race. It's Drag Race Canada. Season so he two. doesn't put he doesn't put his name on it if he doesn't host it. Exactly. So Drag Race Holland, Drag Race Thailand, Drag Race Spain's been going on this summer. Um, Holland's currently happening. Australia did happen this summer, which that was a giant yikes. So I am done. I have sat for the last 18 months and watched enough RuPaul Drag Race to understand what tuck, what fish, what all these terms that people have been telling me over the last 20 odd years that I finally figured them out. And I can say with all certainty that I am done. Don't get me wrong. She will still produce. I will still probably talk about it. But at the end of the day, I'm not sitting down and actually dealing with anything RuPaul ever again. There's my TED talk for this, uh, this five minute segment. Thanks for coming to it. Over to you, Michael. Well, you're going to have to deal with it for a second because I'm about to talk about it. I'm going for it. Okay. I'm going to go get myself a coffee now. Yeah. I think that this is one of the stronger seasons in a long time. I think that by doing an all-star season with a cast that isn't just the final four, it's a lot of casts that was in between or went home early. And a lot of casts that people have been begging to see made it a really strong, fun season. Would I call it an all-star season? No, they're doing a lot of regular season challenges. But I think this is just working, whereas the last few times haven't. Also, this is one of the first seasons where you really don't quite know who the winner is going to be. It could be any number of, like, four or five different people. And even from the beginning, normally, like, when we watched All-Stars 5, you and I, the first conversation we had about it, I said, Shay's winning the whole thing. Because it's predictable it was one of those things that i predicted going in and then this one i don't i mean i don't know i i know who i want and i know who should be the winner but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to so <laughs> oh you mean the fracking Nope, 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 nope. Hey, hey, you watch what you want to watch. RuPaul's yeah. All-Star 6. I have watched two episodes of the show. I watched last week's and the week before that. Last um, week's was good. Sure it was. Sure. Wow, was. I'm triggered. Now I'm triggered again. Oh, pudding. You want a lollipop? Deal with it. <laughs> I went there. I am I sorry. I am sorry. I'm going to say this once and only once. I said this to you via text after I watched it. Um, B-K-T-B-J-W. You cannot X-Y-Z. say a single word about my Trinity. Trinity K. Bonet. There you go. Okay. I understand you're tired. I understand you're being tucked all day. Your attitude towards this game within a game this oh no things are gonna change now needs to smarten up okay understandable you're upset you're angry you're tired probably but it's rupaul's drag race you have seen the last five seasons things happen things change okay deal with it so i do think she got a dirty edit there 
because there was definite times when other queens were cheering that you could see her cheering in the background. They chose to only use, like, yes, she she was doing those not so great things, or she was looking tired and annoyed, which that I'm not going to say, oh, how dare you? You, did, you, that was pretend. No, that was real. But there was times she was cheering that editing just totally didn't, which is why it's leading me to believe that she's probably going home, which is maddening because I think she should win it. But anyways, that's enough RuPaul. I could talk RuPaul all day. I So I got to ask the question. I sure. got to ask the question because I want to get this on record. So the next time we talk, I can I can throw it in your face. Who is going to be the saved queen? So for those who didn't watch, and I did watch this, so I can say this, the game within a game of All-Star Season 6 was the eliminated queens would go up against each other for a all-out lip-sync for your legacy slash life slash all-around amazing person slash hey, you could possibly be saved slash Palooza slash Palooza slash whatever the hell you want to talk about it. But the eliminated queens would one by one be put up against each other. So episode one and episode two, they went up against each other the winner would move on to the uh, eliminated queen for season three and so on and so forth. Uh, Silky Nutmeg Ganache, or however you want to pronounce her name, was the overall winner for six season, six uh, lip syncs. Let's be honest, five, because the one that I'm thinking of did not count, in my opinion, because Akira Davenport decided to walk off and not do the game within the game because she left on her own terms. Good for her. I know Michael wants to jump in here and tell me something that she said she said something afterwards. But anyway, Way it's here nor there. So Silky Net, Nutmeg Ganache and Eureka, who was eliminated the season the week before, went up against each other in a epic battle of battles of whatever the hell you want to call epic. it. Well, Silky Nutmeg Ganache tried to get out of her uh, her transformation, and it really stuck. Uh, for some reason, Eureka was wearing a life alert bracelet when she was on the floor. I was hoping that she would press it just to get people to come and help her up, but it did not happen. Hey, <laughs> I feel like Michael is laughing at me right now, but I'm going to say um, they, they danced to Since You've Been Gone by Kelly Clarkson, and I can tell you right now, since they've been gone, I did not miss them. I wish they both were gone, and they did not come back, but it is what it is. So with that, I've got to ask the question. Out of the two remaining queens, Silky Nutmeg Ganache and Eureka, Michael, who is going to be saved and who is going to go back in the top five to be reduced to the top four next week? So, <laughs> I think the fact Silky won six should instantly put her into the top five. However, it was a bad performance. It was a bad, it was bad. She could, if she had been able to get her, cause she was so strong at the beginning and Eureka was like flailing and crying and weeping and whatever, Life whatever. <laughs> yeah. If they had put um, Silky in, uh, if Silky had been able to get her costume off and do her reveal, I think she would have been the one coming back but I think she couldn't get it off and it was attached to her the entire rest of the time it was really sloppy I think overall it was underwhelming now I wouldn't have taken either of them back I know there's a lot of people pushing for we're gonna bring them both back they're not gonna do that with the number of episodes left this season they're not doing that so you think it's just gonna be two it's just gonna be Eureka. it's gonna be Eureka I think it's gonna be Eureka and I think I think that Eureka basically has to win the episode 
following oh, or she's gone again. And so honestly, I think they're going to throw it to Eureka because they've been basically there's been times she's been terrible that they've let her skip out of the bottom. There's been times that she's just been safe when she shouldn't have been. I think that they're going to because they want her in the top four. They're going to push her through. And unfortunately, I think that's going to lead to the demise of Trinity, who should be top four and who should honestly be top two with Kylie or Raja. So uh, gun to your head. And I know I shouldn't say that, but gun to your head. Who's the winner of season All-Star 6? Is it who who I think should win or who's going to win? Who should win and who will win? Since I think Trinity's going home. I do think she should win, but if she does in fact go home, like I'm thinking they're setting it up to with all the editing stuff they're doing, because the show is very predictable once you've watched a billion seasons of it. I think Kylie or Raja should win. Uh, my money's more on Kylie. Um, however, I think that Ginger is going to win because the way production's been really just aggressively pushing her. They gave her like triple the screen time that, that Pandora even got. And Pandora was there like right up to the final six and she was barely in the fucking thing. So I think that they're really being like, look at, look at, look at ginger, ginger, ginger. And it's like, I don't. Mm. Okay. So I, I think you're right. I think ginger will win. I hope uh, for the star factor. And this is me being me. I think Eureka should win because she has the bigger pull probably at shows. She plays well in Midwestern states, which Raja, Ginger, and Kylie probably don't. Mm. I don't know. That's my personal opinion. But anyway, so on that note, let's talk about music. Music, music, music. We are literally an hour and 15 minutes into this episode, and we still haven't talked about Benefer, the Met Gala, and uh, (laughs) the Emmy predictions. So let's talk about music, and then we'll talk about uh, sort of the new movies, and we'll just do a rapid fire of what movies you're excited for, okay? Um, so music, I would say that, you know, this summer, there's been a lot of really great stuff. I'd say the stuff that really stuck out to me was Olivia Rodrigo's entire album, Sour. I think if she really pushes herself, she could be bigger, like as big as like Britney Spears or Christina Aguilera or like that kind of genre. I guess Ariana Grande is more of a closer possible, but she's better than Ariana and she writes better music than Ariana. I think that the album overall is brilliant. It's, I, I'm like, fuck it. This album was out when I was in fucking high school, I would have been fucking losing my mind over how good it was. Cause it's very much in that, like, it's like a breakup album, but it's more like in the vein of like Paramore breakup the album. So it's a little more like, not like, Oh, I miss you. Like Adele does. And Taylor Swift does. It's more like, fuck you. I'm going to key your car which I love <laughs> like Carrie Underwood does a little bit Carrie Underwood. Um, it's a great, it's a really great album. And I was shocked at how much I actually enjoyed it. She's also one of the main characters in high school, musical, the musical, the series, and has been doing some writing for that show. The music, not the, not the, she, I can only give her the music, the original songs. I can't give her the actual scripting because it's not great. <laughs> the script. <laughs> I, I want to talk about music because I, I want to talk about one topic that you just brought up and I want to get your opinion on it before we do change subjects. Um, free Britney. 
the Free Britney movement has been huge over the summer. Uh, oh, and for those who are not listening, for not watching this right now, Michael just made a massive gesture of how did I forget talking about that? How did so, I forget about my girl? Oh, let's be honest. I'm completely up creek without a paddle when it comes to Britney Spears. And I really could care two shits either way, to be honest because I have the things in my life I have to worry about. (laughs) Um, So Free Britney, for those who don't know, she has been under a conservatorship over the last probably about 10 years, 15 years, since that fateful shaving of her head a few years ago after her marriage with K-Fed got divorced. Uh, She was under conservatorship, which her father was one of the people who was her conservator. Uh, Over the last probably four or five years, the Free Britney from the conservatorship was picking up steam. And then uh, after the New York Times released a movie, I think earlier this year, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the Free Britney movie of the misunderstood side of Britney Spears, people really started to pick up. And then earlier this summer, uh, she went to court where she got a lawyer appointed, a lawyer that she wanted appointed as uh, the other half of the conservatorship. And then earlier this summer also, her father said, oh, well, I'm going to step down now because I there's a lawyer and all this stuff. I don't know the exact wording that he used, but he's stepping down from that role because he sees the backlash that is anti her father. What is your opinion on everything that's been going on with Britney Spears? So the big thing, he is allegedly stepping, the way he framed it, he's not currently stepping down. So it's very like, in theory, I'm stepping down, but like, I might not. It's like very much like, are you or aren't you? Like, do it, like step down. I think at the time when she was given the conservatorship, and this might be a little controversial, because we don't necessarily know all of what was going on behind the scenes. We only are getting what we saw face value and what was presented to us by her father, by her agent, by, by all these people. I think at the time in 2007, a conservatorship wasn't the worst idea. However, she's clearly able to verbalize things herself. She's clearly able to dictate things that were causing her to kind of lose control of her life. I mean, she was being fed all this medication and she was being fed this schedule by her team. I mean, I think that would lead anybody to kind of losing it for a bit. I don't know. I think now, especially in like hearing her in court, I would say remove the conservatorship. She's able to articulate her thoughts. She's able to articulate um, her feelings, her beliefs. She's able to self-regulate. She's able to take care of herself. I mean, I think at this point it is just a people cash grabbing for her money. And I think it should never have been her father. I think when you, I think overall it should always have been um, two lawyers, an outside, who are- a two law- an outside influence kind of taking control of it. And then I think the biggest thing that we're learning now is the Jamie Lynn Spears, like crocodile tears that have been going on with regards to this, like Jamie Lynn Spears was involved. And for a while we were all kind of uncertain if she was involved or not with making this move forward or not. And Brittany's kind of confirmed that. So I think overall her family is just manipulated her, her entire life in it for money because she's worth, she was more worth i think she was the highest grossing female artist of all time or something insane like that do you remember her last album when was her last album like 2000 like 2000 
11 or 10. She did that till the world ends and she had a song with Nicki Minaj. And Is that the See You Next Tuesday or? No, that was 2007 Circus Britney. Okay. I mean, I don't know. It's one of those albums. <laughs> one of those then. things. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, um, I, I, I think she's, she's great. I think it's a, it's a, I think it's time. And I, I think she wants it. I mean, she's, she should have um, the, she's clearly able to self-regulate herself. And I think that's when we need a system in this country, specifically in the U S to take people off of conservatorship. Cause, and that's the thing. She may not have ever even needed the conservatorship. But she got one, and now, so I am assuming yeah. from what you've just said, you are in the free Britney camp. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's time. I think it's really time. And even if it's one of those, like, we'll do it temporary and see if you really can. And I just give her the chance to be on her own. Or she's been so controlled her whole life. It's time to let her be with her boyfriend. It's time to. I mean, because with conservatorships, they will implant or impl- yeah, implant uh, birth control into you. So you are for like she wants to have a kid with her boyfriend that she's been dating for years. Like it's kind of fucked up what the conservatorship's doing to her right now. And I don't think she honestly needs it at this point. That's the way the world works. God sure is. Bless it. Um, uh, for those uh, who are who are tuning in and who are with us right now, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for watching this. Thank you for listening. Uh, we still have a few last topics that we want to talk about because this is the big show. This is the first episode back from the summer. So we had a lot of things that we wanted to cover. Yes. So thank you for tuning in and keeping with us and enjoying this. And hopefully this does get the traction like the last few episodes have done. Uh, I want to talk about what's coming up. What's coming up? Uh, Let's talk about September and then October a little bit, because we'll talk about October later on in in September. But what are the movies you're looking forward to in September and uh, October? Rapid Fire, just name a few. So I did not pull any October movies. Y'all are going to have to wait till the next show to get my list. But for my upcoming movies um, for September, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings uh, on September 3rd. Amazon is streaming Cinderella, the new Cinderella they're doing on September 3rd with Billy Porter, Camila Cabello, um, James Corden's in it. Can we get a movie musical without James Corden, please? Um, And then Malignant is September 10th. That is a horror movie that a friend actually showed me the trailer for that looks so good and so spooky. So I'm very excited for that. You're making a face. I'm making a face because I thought you were going to say one, which you haven't said yet. Which one? Everyone's talking about Jamie. Oh, that's coming up on September 17th. I'm going in order. Oh, you still haven't gone? Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, Come From Away, September 10th, is going to be out on Apple Plus, which that's a great, 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 great musical about Newfoundland. If you're not familiar during 9-11, uh, 38 planes landed in Newfoundland. Stop! Don't laugh at me. It's Canadian. It's one of the Canadian things I know. I just love how you're trying to pronounce it so correctly and it's sounding so American at the same time. Whatever, whatever. You, I don't you, care. You, they landed in care. Newfoundland. Newfoundland. I, I'm trying. I'm trying. Leave me alone. Anyways, um, it's a great show. They have the original cast for it, uh, and they filmed the stage production, sort of what they did with Hamilton. Um, This is one I'm very much looking forward. 
And then Amazon is also doing on uh, September 17th, everybody's talking about Jamie, which is what you were saying. You were shocked I didn't mention. I for am those who don't know, for, that. for those who don't know, it's uh, based on, it's, it's an English movie uh, that uh, a kid is trying to find himself and he finds out that he likes to perform drag and it's the story that is uh, his journey into becoming that and his acceptance of himself and is also his father. I want to make sure that people know that I think it's Rupert Grant who's in that as well. Yes. Richard E. Grant, sorry. Richard E. Grant, who was in Loki, who he was the original Loki. He is in this. He is he looks fantastic in it. I would highly recommend anyone who does who hasn't got that on their radar, please mark uh, September 17th because it looks like a fantastic movie. Yeah, it is a it is a based on a musical that was yeah. on the West End. So it is gonna be a movie musical, which I'm very excited for. Also, and this is one where you may roll your eyes at me, I'm so excited for The Eyes of Tammy Faye on September 17th. Jessica Chastain, uh, Andrew Garfield, it looks so good. I think it's got, it's clearly Oscar bait, but it's one that I'm, it's, it's hook, line, and sinker snapping me up. I love me some Tammy Faye. So very excited for that. And then I guess lastly, I don't know if I'm excited for it. I don't know if I... And more gonna hate watch it, but September 24th, Dear Evan Hansen, the Pasek and Paul musical is coming out, and I will the, be watching that. The Ben Platt, I'm 30 years old and I look 40 years old in the movie. Movie. This, I'm not a fan of the musical. I'm not a fan of the story. I will be watching the movie because it's going to be considered. It's Oscar bait. It's going to be presented. It's probably gonna get nominations, and I. It will probably win for best original song. They'll probably add a new song. Do they song have? In. Oh, they probably will. Because they no, because they that. added a new one for respect. Yep. So that so. might be a re- that might be her the way they give it to Jihad without giving it to Jihad. Yeah. So I can imagine that they because they every time uh, uh, the brothers of Dear Evan Hansen who who wrote the music who uh, wrote the I think they wrote the script as well uh, the screenplay uh, they did the Greatest Showman with. Uh, uh, they did uh, Lala Wood with Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. They are well known. Wait, what did you just say? Lala Wood, isn't it? Welcome to La La, La, La Land. Land. Oh, fucking. I've never I seen like, it. What? I'm like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Lala Wood, Lala Land, blah, 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 blah. Um, so I can imagine that they will be nominated. They have, I think they've only won one Oscar for Lala Wood Land. Lala La Land. Hey, <laughs> dude. Cancer brain, okay? Cancer brain. Okay, I went there. I went there. Cancer brain is screwing me up these days. Um, so I can imagine that's going to be one of the top picks. So those are the ones that actually was I was looking forward to. September is usually a very slow month because people are getting back to school. People aren't doing movies, but they do have some movies that people will be able to stream online, but also go to the movies if they wish. But with Delta rearing its head these days, who knows if that's actually going to happen. I do want to mention October a little bit because there are some great movies that are coming in October and we're going to talk about them a little bit more in uh, uh, in September, but I want to just put them on people's radar. Sure. Venom 2 is coming out in October. Ooh, I love me some of him. Dune is coming out in October, which is... That's with uh, Timothy, right? Yeah. Shyamalan? 
Yeah, it's uh, it's been well received the trailer, so people are looking forward to that. Jackass Four is coming out in uh, October, and Ass. the one the one I'm really excited about, and I might actually get out to the movie theaters in October, is Halloween Kills with Jamie Lee Curtis is coming back for I think one of the final times that Jamie Lee Curtis is going to do the Halloween series. So I'm looking forward to it. It is the sequel to the Halloween movies from 1976, the sequel of the Halloween 2, 3, 4, 5, Halloween H2O, I don't know, Halloween Rob Zombie, Halloween, uh, the one that just came out two years ago, and then Halloween Kills is the newest installment. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Um, So those are the movies that I'm looking forward to. The next two months are actually kind of packed for movies that I'm going to be paying attention to. TV shows, on the other hand, uh, everything's returning. The one I want to talk about with Michael here is one that we were pissed off about when it got canceled from NBC. Um, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, and we're just going to talk about this briefly before we move into Benefer, um, is um, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. For those who don't know, uh, it was a well-received season one. It won, uh, it was nominated for a few Emmys, won, uh, nominated for a few Golden Globes. I think it actually won the Golden Globe, if I'm not mistaken, and then picked up for season two. And then season two was semi-well-received. It didn't do as good as the first season, but it was well-received. And it left the season finale left on a massive, massive cliffhanger. I think Michael and I both texted each other after we watched it and we said, what the fuck's going on? How can they end it like this? They have to pick it up for a third season. NBC said, man, we're not going to do it. So the uh, uh, the writer of the show started trying to shop the show as, around as much as possible. And they found one streaming service that was willing to pick it up for a holiday Christmas release movie. So basically Hallmark Channel movie, but Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. This is a streaming service that I'd never heard of until recently, Roku. Uh, I did not know they had a streaming service. That shows you how much I was in the loop. But were you shocked at this? I mean that I got picked up by Roku a little bit. Um, I think Roku is now trying to do like what Netflix is doing and Hulu is doing. They're trying to get into the game. So they're, they probably shopped it around to everyone. And Roku is like, Ooh, this is one we could maybe actually afford because everyone else has said no. Um, so they're trying to, they may actually keep it going because they have nothing like that. It's mostly, as far as I'm aware, it's mostly a lot of like designing women and murder diaries and, like a lot of stuff like that, like of weird, like kind of older stuff that's been off TV for a while that other streaming services haven't snatched up. Um, the I one that oh, go ahead. No, as I say, I think it'll. I think it'll probably be around for a bit. Just if, especially if the movie does well. I think Roku is going to go the way of Yahoo streaming service. Do we, do we all remember when Yahoo had a streaming service? Because I do. They had one TV show that they thought was everyone was going to gravitate and buy memberships in their uh, streaming service, which was the NBC show Community with, uh, uh, I forget their names right now, but Chevy Chase, Donald Glover, and uh, Nicole Yvette Brown was on it. So Allison Brie, uh, so they picked it up and then literally it cost them an arm and a leg to produce the show. And then after the show ended, they had to 
close up shop because no one was streaming it because people were downloading the show from TV. So I hope Roku has uh, understands that this could happen to them and people aren't going to pick up a, sh- a pick up, pick up a streaming service just for one movie. So hopefully they're in the game and they start producing some original content here. Well, the big thing with Roku is that it's like an Amazon fire stick. That is what a Roku kind of is. Okay. So they have that going for them that you can stream all these other things. So they're getting money from people buying the Roku device. So I think it, I think it's just their like steps, which is why they're doing it as a movie and not as a full season to see, is this something people are going to watch? Is this something that's worth doing? Is it going to get critical acclaim? Who knows? Yeah. Um, So with that, that is, unless there's something else you want to talk about coming upcoming, but I think we'll talk. Oh, one television show that's coming back season three of the circle on Netflix. Uh, Listen, I thought it was going to be trash and I have enjoyed every single season of this show. Sorry. Sorry. Cancel me all you want. I enjoy it. God damn it. (laughs) Hi, how are you? So the circle's coming back. eh? I'm so looking forward to that. You really should watch it. It's a fun time. I said no one ever. No, a lot of people watch. I mean, there's clearly three seasons and three UK seasons, and they made a French version. The UK's done. They're not making any more. France, I think, is done, and they're not making any more. This, but the US ones picked up steam. People really like it. I think it's a fun. Sh- it's a fun show. Okay, I will. I will look into it. I'm not giving you credit, but I will look into it. Fabulous. <sighs> Um, okay, so are you done now? Is there anything else I'm going to be disgusted at when you talk about your TV shows that are returning? I'm done! Okay, which most shows don't usually start returning until the end of September, beginning of October. So yeah. we will be talking about that more in depth in uh, September's uh, Entertainment Rundown, which you are listening to right now with our entertainment pundit, Michael Nichols-Pate. Uh, I, I do want to go into one topic before we talk about Emmy predictions because it is a topic that I have no interest of talking about, but I wanted I want to get onto it because people seem to be swooning over the fact that after months and months and years and years, Benifer is back. Ben Affleck, Jennifer Lopez. I was going to say Jennifer Aniston, but that would have been awkward. <laughs> J-Lo. J-Lo and Ben Affleck are now an official, unofficial couple. They are getting photos taken of themselves on cruise ships. They seem to be lovey, lovey, hubby, dubby. So what was your initial thoughts of the Benefer reunite or Benefer 2.0? This is a publicity stunt. I'm convinced. I am convinced it's a publicity stunt. I do not think that this is real. I, cause these, the publicity shots they keep getting are like shot for shot what they were from like years ago. Like in particular, the one of them on the boat with her in the bikini and him putting his hand on her behind is literally shot for shot. I am, I think that A-Rod stepped out with that Southern Decadence woman or Southern Charmed or whatever that Bravo television program is. And Jennifer did not want that to get out because she wanted to end it on her own terms. And then it fell apart. So she instantly jumped to who can we can who can we like get the hit off of 
my breakup with A-Rod because he cheated on me and get everyone excited about me. Oh, we'll get Ben back. Ben, so Ben's not doing anything. Ben's basically sitting at home doing absolutely nothing. So let's get him back. I mean, he really isn't doing anything. He, he, he was Batman. Was being the operative word. No, he's coming back for the Flash movie. Oh, because they have to make it Robert Pattinson. No, they're bringing it back. No, because so the Batman. Oh, okay, we're getting to the movie here, but I'm going to say this. So the Batman with Robert Pattinson is in its own universe. I hate this. Just make a damn fucking. This is the issue. Okay, this is the issue with DC. It needs to have a concrete story. Every single movie can't be its own universe. No, because they because Zack Snyder is bringing back a potential Batman versus Deathstroke movie, so that's going to be done with Will Smith as Deathstroke. Oh no, Will Smith with Deadshot. Um, Joe Magnola. Mag- oh, he's pretty. Yeah. So he's going to be, he, he was in the end of uh, the original uh, uh, Justice League movie or Batman versus Superman movie. So they're bringing back that. They're bringing back Jared Leto's. They're trying to get the Snyderverse back up and running. But uh, so the Batman with Robert Patterson is its own extended universe. They do not, they are not tied together. Grant Gustin from CBW, CW's uh, The Flash is in the Flash movie because they're going to do a crossover because um, what's his name? Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller was in the TV show because they did a crossover on that show as well. So there's my two cents. But as we can tell, we totally like to talk about Benefer so much. We went to talk about DC Comics. Yeah, I think it's definitely you had to talk about it. It's been all over the place, but I think it's all a lie. So it, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, last big topic that we're going to talk about before the final one, which I'm so happy to talk about, is Emmy predictions, Emmy predictions, Emmy predictions. Uh, later on in September, September uh, 19th, if I'm not mistaken, the Emmys are coming down. They are going to be awarded. I'm not sure if they're going to be doing it socially distanced or how they're going to be doing their show this year, but the Emmy nomination came out during the summer i just want to make sure i pull up the correct uh list here i just pulled Um, them up myself (laughs) there you go so um was there any shocks or surprises for you in the uh, uh categories of outstanding comedy series and outstanding drama series outstanding drama i was floored the boys got nominated i would have thought that would have been a comedy if it got nominated at all um an outstanding comedy I'm actually kind of shocked at a lot of these, um, specifically Cobra Kai and Emily Par- Emily in Paris, because I didn't think that they were anything to write home about. Um, I will say The Flight Attendant as a comedy series is kind of interesting, because I would have put that in the drama series. Um, I also have learned that I don't watch a lot of comedies, and I watch way too many dramas. Because I don't know, I, the only real ones from comedy series that I like finish was the flight attendant. So with this list, I was actually, I wasn't shocked at the comedy section. I wasn't, I was, there was one in the uh, uh, outstanding drama series that I was shocked at because I'm, st- I'm still trying to figure out why it's so relevant still to this day, which is This Is Us, the NBC show. Oh, st- that's got to go. Exactly. Like usually after about four seasons, they stop getting nominated, but this one seems to be getting nominated all the time. And I still don't understand why, but I stopped watching it and I just don't really care for it anymore. In the outstanding comedy section, I 
you can see the clear front runner is Ted Lasso, which is getting a lot of play right now, especially with season two just being released in time for the Emmys. Shocker, shocker. So I can imagine that this is going to win that Uh, when it comes to outstanding uh, drama series. There are two that I'm putting my bets on and I'm still not 100% sure who's going to win, which is Pose. It's not going to win. You don't think so? No. But it was their last season and everyone was, okay. They're not, they're not going to give it to it. They should, and, but they're not. And Bridgerton. I've heard a lot I, of good things about this and this is why I think it's going to win. I love Bridgerton. They're not going to give it to Bridgerton. Who do you think they're going to give it to? I think, because I've watched every single one of these except for This Is Us because I can't do it anymore. I watched one episode and was like, this is just people crying for two hours. Yeah. Um, and then... I've not seen The Crown, which I know, shame on me, because I've I heard everyone loves it. I think it should be Lovecraft Country. I'm going to be real yeah. with y'all. Okay. I, I, or I, Handmaid's Tale was game-changing this season. If but this is last season, a, right? This is last season. No, this is season four. They this can't is for be season good. four of Handmaid's Season four was just coming out at this time. No, yeah, it was already released enough for it to be considered no it's it's from june to june that's the category range yeah handmaid's tale is done okay never mind okay i guess not yeah it's season four I thought, okay now i apologize for those who are listening i apologize for that and if you want to send me an email please go to www.crossboardinterviews.ca and you can fill out the contact form and i'll follow it away in the appropriate position the dumpster no <laughs> <laughs> He said that I did not. If you want to send any messages to Michael about what he just said, please go to the links below and follow him on Facebook or Twitter and Instagram. Actually, he does not have Twitter, so follow him on Instagram and send him his messages that way, and he will get back to you in a timely fashion. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I do think, want. I'll oh, go ahead. I, I do think Handmaid's Tale really. I loved Pose this season. I think it was a great season. I just think Handmaid's Tale was a more succinct story. Um, I love I, Lovecraft Country, though. It should have. I, th- I think it should. It's going to be a weird, that's the one category I just don't know. I like how we both did not say anything about the boys. <laughs> that's yeah. Um, I want to talk about one last category before we move to the actors and actresses, sure. but the outstanding limited or anthology series, I may destroy you mayor of East town, uh, the Queens gambit, the underground railroad and one division, the prime uh, Disney plus uh, Marvel cinematic universe. Um, who, who's your favorite? Who, who's your money on for this one? So, I don't know. They were all so good. I've not seen the Underground Railroad, and I've not seen Mayor of Easttown. But I've heard Mayor of Easttown is just getting critical acclaim. Queen's Gambit was amazing. WandaVision was so good. I May Destroy You was so good. I, I mean... I just heard. I think it's going to be an things. unknown. I think there's going to be a split in this one that it's it could go any way. Yeah, I think Queen's Gambit is the safest bet because it's already done so much winning. But that was WandaVision wasn't included, and WandaVision got a lot of awards, which was kind of shocking to me. I was a great series. I really enjoyed it, and I'm so happy to see a lot of the awards that were given to it. But I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's on my ballot yet for this one. 
Okay, we'll jump into the actors and actresses for the lead series because we won't, won't go into supporting, but we'll just go into lead right now sure. for uh, comedy series and comedy series uh, for lead actress and lead actress, actor and lead actress. Uh, for actors, Anthony Anderson for Blackish, Michael Douglas for the Kolkomensky Method, William H. Macy for Shameless, uh, Jason Sudeikis for Ted Lasso, and Keenan Thompson for Keenan. Uh, who's your money on here? Jason Sudeikis. Yep, same here. Uh, for outstanding lead actress in a comedy series, A.D. Brandt, uh, Bryant uh, for Shrill, Kaylee Coco for The Flight Attendant, Allison Janney for Mom, Tracy Ellis Ross for Blackish, and Gene Smart for Hacks. Who's your pick here? I, I I'm really, throwing, I'm just, go ahead. I really want Kaylee Coco to win. I don't know if she will. I also think they've nominated Tracy Ellis Ross every single year and never given it to her. It might be time to give it to her. Um, with, with blackish ending next season. I, if they don't, if they don't give it to her this season, they'll give it to her next season for sure. Gotcha. And then I, I Allison Janney is always a, a favorite, but I think the comedy series is, I think really an unknown because Schitt's Creek kind of washed the board clean and it's nothing. And in between then a bunch of things have stopped filming. So it's a bunch of new stuff besides Tracy and Alice and Janney. So Jane Smart is being uh, hailed for hacks. She has uh, been, I don't know anything about it. She has been getting a lot of good PR around this uh, show. I would highly recommend anyone who hasn't watched it, go out and watch it. But the one I'm watching and the one I've fallen in love with is 80 Bryant for shrill. If you have not seen this show, Go stream it today because it is one of the she is a former SNL star. She wrote the show. It's about her being a bigger woman and the troubles that she gets into as a journalist. I loved it. I liked it. I would put my money on Alice and Jenny to win it. But if she doesn't win it, I would put because mom just ended last season. It wrapped up. A lot of people love Alice and Jenny. I would put my money on Alice and Jenny. But if I didn't, I would put it on uh, uh, A.D. Bryant to win it as well. There's my there's my two cents on that one. Okay, uh, two more categories, then we're gonna finish, and then we'll talk about the Met Gala. Met Gala, Met Gala, Met Gala. Lead actor in a drama series and lead actress in a drama series. Sterling K. Brown for This Is Us. Uh, Jonathan Majors in Lovecraft Country. Jo- Josh O'Connor for The Crown. Regé Jane Page for Bridgerton. Billy Porter for Pose and Matthew Reese for Perry Mason. Who's your favorite on here? Uh, most of them. Um, <laughs> I really liked Reggie in Bridgerton. I really liked Billy Porter in Pose and Jonathan Majors in Lovecraft Country. I think Billy Porter may have this one. I think his performance in Pose was just so breathtaking. I'm, I'm, think Jonathan Majors also could sweep it out of nowhere. I think Bridgerton, I don't think it's going to win much of anything. I think nominating him for sure, but I think it's going to come down to at least for me, Billy Porter or Jonathan Majors. Um, and it's, I think Sterling K. Brown's already won it. They're not going to give it to him again. This is us. Everyone's kind of, this is over it. And uh, the sip crown. Your tea, sip your tea. <laughs> yeah. The crown, I don't know. And, Perry I think Mason. You're, I know my husband liked Perry Mason a lot, but 
I love Matthew Reese. I love him. I love him. Love, love him as an actor. But I think you're right. I think the clear front runner for me is Jonathan Majors. He seems to be doing a really good job with getting his name out there right now with his appearance in Loki, uh, with his new ad- addition to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But I think he is the clear front runner in my books that he's going to win. Yeah. If not, like you said, Billy Porter is the close behind. So those are the two. Uh, for outstanding lead actress in a drama series, Uzo Abdua for In Treatment, Olivia Coleman for The Crown, Emma Corrin for The Crown, Elizabeth Moss for Handmaid's Tale, MJ Rodriguez for Pose, and Junior Smollett. Journey Love- Smollett. Ah, sure. I knew that. <laughs> and for Lovecraft, uh, Lovecraft Country. Who's the favorite? Who's, who should win? Okay. This is one where I'm really torn because the crown, I'm throwing that out because I've not seen it. So I can't really properly judge it. Uzo Aduba is great. She's already won it though. And I, I've not seen in treatment, so I can't quite critique on that. But in terms of the three I've seen, I think they're really strong additions, which is Handmaid's Tale, Lovecraft Country and Pose. I think Elizabeth Moss could easily take it. I think she's a safe bet. I think if they want to make history, which they love to do. I think giving it to MJ Rodriguez for Pose is a really amazing thing. Uh, a, a trans woman of color getting the award, I think would be so awesome to see. Also, Journey Smollett in Lovecraft Country was just so good. I mean, I think it could, I think it could go up to any of those three. I also could see, you know, Olivia Coleman is an award show darling. She could easily snatch the crown Olivia Coleman Coleman could win it because it was her last season of uh, the crown before she handed it over to the next actress who's going to play queen Elizabeth Uh, and the Corrin who played princess Diana was getting rave reviews, but I do not think they're going to give it to her. I think you're right. I think they're going to give it to MJ and they should. They should. And because it would be history making and the Emmys love to be that, uh, that, that, that uh, award show. So the last thing I want to talk about now, and this is the one that fashion, fashion and me do not get along. If it's not Old Navy, I do not understand it. Louis Vuitton or Vuitton or whatever you pronounce his last name. When I was in France, we went to the main store and my husband basically got down on his knees and prayed like God that he was there. Uh, I did not. So I was not a big fan, but the Met Gala is coming up in literally two weeks. Um, I, I want to read off the topic as the theme, the topic or whatever you want to call it, that the Anna theme. Winter. The theme, the that Anna Winters, the host, the editor of fashion magazine, Vogue. Chantel. Vogue. Vogue. Hi, I've watched Ugly Betty. I know what these people are. <laughs> That's like. Oh, no. Anna Wintour is going to come for me now. <laughs> well, she can because she she ain't come to Canada. Well, she can come to Canada. I just can't come there because Biden hasn't opened up the border. But anyway. Anna Winters, the fashion editor, magazine contributor of Vogue magazine of fashion, has come out and said the theme for the Met Gala this year is in America, the lexicon of fashion. 
Yeah, I don't know what that means, Anna. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, Anna, if you're listening to this, because I know you are right now. I, I got I to gotta say, originality is not your strong suit, is it? Because that seems pretty uh, like 1930s topic. And if Meryl Streep was here from Devil Wears Prada, she'd be reading me for filth right now. But I'm going to say this once again. Where's the originality in your fashion statement there, Anna? Let's, well, it's let's, let's, let's talk about it a little bit. So the reason that they have to do it kind of where it can men, meld between modern and past is because it is also the Met Gala is for those who don't know, the Met Gala it happens at the Met Theater, usually the first Monday in May because of the pandemic. We couldn't have one for the last two years. So now it's been moved to September 13th because it's one of the largest fundraising events um, for the Met Gala, which is this giant museum in New York City. And so what they do is they link a fashion exhibit of like past designers and, and different things. So like when it was uh, critiques on camp, which was, I think, two or three years ago, it was they pulled different things from like Louis Vuitton and Gucci and, and all these at Halston that were camp, considered campy. So that way it can kind of blend the two together. Um, and then these designers, they pay a lot of money to have their wo- garments walk down. So with this one in particular, Anna Wintour gave like a, she always gives like a little like thoughts on why she picks the topic. And this specific topic is because she's been so inspired by American designers as of late and specifically their use of political and social issues being incorporated into their fashion. And so I, I'm curious to see. I don't know if this is the theme we should be going with, but I think it's, this, it's, it's point, a, I know. <laughs> it's a double-edged sword that it's she is opening a up a can of worms here because the moment a Republican-leaning, a right-wing-leaning fashion designer comes up and says anti-vaxxers, anti-this, that, or the other in their in their fashion designs. And that, that becomes the narrative. It's not the narrative of black lives matter, which is the uh, fashion design that seems to be making a big prominent statement right now. But the moment a right-wing fashion designer because there are out there sure. gets, gets told, no, you can't do that. Well, the Anna Wintour, as long as it fits the theme and it's just, I think she wants that. She wants because people don't really pay attention to the Met Gala. It's one of those things that people who really like fashion are waiting for because it's it's our Super Bowl. And so, whenever they have like when they did notes on camp, the pictures went everywhere, and people were like, "What are these rich people wearing? I don't understand." And then it kind of opened the door for this conversation on what is camp, and opened the door for other people to kind of learn what it was. And so, I think she's hoping that this. I think she hopes that there's a couple of more further alt-right kind of ideas that pop up because that's what will get people talking. That will get people like looking at it and it kind of makes fashion a little more relevant than it has been as of late. Cause like you said, your go-to is old Navy. People aren't looking at Louis Vuitton, Gucci, all these other places. They can't really, honestly, I can't afford any of that stuff. Unless you go to China and and get knockoff versions. But I did not say that, China. I would love to come into your country one day in the future and enjoy your beautiful, bountiful, whatever Chinese 
historical things that you have that I can look at. Um, the average person's not going to be able to go and buy it. What? And honestly, one, a lot of the stuff is just not worth, there's, lately it's just not been much worth writing home about. But when it's this, it kind of gets people excited about the idea of fashion. And I think fashion's always made a political statement. It's always been kind of out there. And I think by doing something like this, that's going to be widely publicized. It's going to be seen by so many people. And I think it's a really interesting, I think it's an interesting topic. I'm curious to see what they have from the previous vaults of fashion designers that they're able to pull up. Um, and I think featuring American designers is a real, especially in right now when so many people are looking at what can we buy that are American made or, or designers that are American created. I think it's a really great opportunity for a lot of designers to get their names across. Whereas a lot of like the Karl Lagerfelds and Louis Vuittons and Gucci's and all that stuff probably won't be invited this year. Versace. Versace. I, <laughs> give me, give me, give me an inch, man. Just give me an inch. Like, Do you know who, <laughs> You know Donatella. He's the one that got shot, right? No, that was Johnny. Yeah, there you go. Same thing. Johnny. Oh, that movie's coming out in October. Yeah. We'll talk about I, that. Not. We'll talk about that later. I'm so excited. Lady, <laughs> Lady Gaga can't act, so let's just leave that at that. For those who and want, please. for those who want to send negative emails to me, go to crossportinterviews.ca, go to the contact page, send me your emails, and I will file it in the appropriate locations. Um, the Met Gala, we're going to be talking about it a lot in September. We're going to be talking about the hits and misses of the fashion world and who, yeah. who wore it best and who who really flubbed it and all that fun stuff. So I, I do will have one last thing I want to ask you though. Sure. Who is the one that you're looking to? Because actors and actresses and the the who's who's of who's who's are always invited to this. Sure. Um, who are who are you going to be looking to? Who are the ones that you're saying? You know what? This person always comes prepared and they know how to present themselves at the, the Met Gala. Well, the big thing with the Met Gala, it's the celebrities get picked by the designers. So I think it's the designers really to watch for. Okay. Um, so I think that Christian Siriano is one of my favorite designers. I'm, he's already kind of been very involved in the political, like fashion designing. I think he's one to watch for, but I think in terms of like the big names that are going to be there that are usually get the better outfits. Cause some of them, like they, they do miss Sarah because Jessica Parker's so dirty every year. Rihanna though, Rihanna always shows up looking perfect. And they all Beyonce shows up usually really looking good. And I hate to say it, Kimberly Kardashian, especially without Kanye this year, I think she can go a little further than, than she's been able to because she doesn't have Kanye with her. What you hate, Kim, don't you? Is she still going by Kim Kardashian West? I don't know. Because you see all the PR that she's doing, and it's all Kimberly Kardashian West. Well, her brand is KK or KKW, so that might be why she's still going by it. Well, she can't go KKK. That'd be awkward. Wow. Yeah, well, I went there. I went there. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I mean, I think that there's really going to be some good celebrities to look out for, and I think that some of the hosts, Timothy Chalamet's one, he usually he's he usually does not care if he goes a little zany. 
So we might see something really spectacular on Harry Styles. Harry Styles will go. Harry Styles might go low cuckoo too. Billy Um, Porter. Billy Porter's always one to watch. They, and he works a lot with Siriano. So you're going to probably see him. You're probably going to see Taraji. You'll probably see, you might see Octavia. Um, cause Christian works a lot with Octavia Spencer. Um, you might see, I'm trying to think of who Christian works with. I'm very familiar with Christian Siriano. RuPaul? Like, Will RuPaul be there? Um, or is he on the outs with the the inner circle because of the whole fracking thing? No, RuPaul probably won't get invited because when they did invite RuPaul, they've only invited him, I think, one time. And it was for camp because he's a drag queen. And then he showed up in a suit. And it was disappointing. Everyone's like, why didn't you just show up in drag? We invited four other drag queens from your show that are big names that showed up in full drag. And you did not. And so it was one of those like, I don't he's think a, he's going to be welcome because back. because unless you're paying him money, he's not going to show up and drag. Well, they pay for him to have this very expensive dinner. True, it's like True. it's like a hundred thousand a plate. <laughs> Let's go next year if we make enough money. <laughs> Cross border interview entertainment rundown will will broadcast live from the Met Gala. Um, you have to be invited. So Anna, if you even press invite me, what even press? Oh, press maybe. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll go be press. I'll exactly. Be we'll, we'll get we'll get credentialed and we'll go in and we'll like do our thing. Perfect. <laughs> um, with that, with that, we are going to be talking about the Met Gala again in September with the uh, hits and misses, as I said. Uh, uh, we are literally aiming at the two hour and 15 minute mark. This is the longest episode that Michael and I have recorded. And I'm looking for it for everyone to send in their hate mail for everything that we have said. And they can do that at crossborderinterviews.ca in the contact form and we will file it. If you want to reach out to Michael, his Instagram account is linked in the bio below. So please, please, please reach out to him as well. And Michael, I want to thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I've missed these conversations. I I enjoy these conversations. I'm looking forward to getting back and doing these on a regular basis, on a monthly basis with you to talk about the biggest entertainment news stories of the month, of the year, of the week, of the upcoming month. Um, But thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Happy to. This is one of my favorite things to talk about. Media, movies, Mm. TV, fashion. So very happy to be here and excited to impart all of my horrible bad opinions about TV and film with you all. Hey, it's what we do best around here. Our opinions are the best opinions because my opinion matters the most to me. Uh, With that, I want to thank everyone for tuning in and for uh, streaming the show. Uh, Like I said during the show jokingly, but if you have any comments, if you have anything you want us to cover in next uh, next month's episode, please, 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 please go to the crossborderinterviews.ca, go to the contact form, send us a message, send us of what some of the entertainment news that you want us to talk about, because we are getting good traction right now of what people want us to talk about politically. So let's talk. What do you want to hear from entertainment wise? And we will discuss it live on air. And maybe, maybe, maybe during the Oscar show, which is going to be uh, Sunday, September 19th, I believe. Emmys. Emmys. We are going to be live streaming that episode. We will be live on YouTube that night to talk about the biggest political, the biggest entertainment stories from the Oscars. So uh, from the Emmys, Emmys. Emmys. So please, 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 please 
follow along, go to our YouTube channel, which is linked below. Uh, subscribe to the show because we are getting great traction and we would love to have you along for the ride. Give us some comments. Anyway, from me, Michael, thank you so much for doing this. Happy to. Anyway, guys, have yourself an excellent day. Have an excellent, excellent weekend. Enjoy yourself. And remember, keep on talking. For everyone here at the Crossboard Entry Podcast, have yourself an excellent weekend, guys. was produced and edited by Miranda Brown and Associates.